and he began speaking things to them, um, some practical things, but a lot of it was about the Lord. You know, saying to a certain one, you need to put this right in your life, or whatever. And these weren't things that he'd never said before. It wasn't like it was the first time he'd ever said these things. But something about the moment made his words live. It doesn't connect with us for whatever reason. I don't know why that is. Just like the words that that pastor said to his children and grandchildren many, many times, that it, it, it seemed to connect with them on that occasion because of the significance of the occasion, but it didn't on the other times. Now, I don't know what... I know that the Lord often says things to us, but we don't seem to hear it for some reason. It doesn't connect with our hearts, but at other times, it's like it gets through. <laughs> called Listening Prayer at Peace, which now that the week of Listening Prayer is over, you can still join. <laughs> and that was wonderful. And it was encouraging to me to see some of the people in the church involved who had never been to the building. You know, when we had had weeks of Listening Prayer before, they didn't come because they were busy, you know, sometimes it's hard with the way your work is or whatever to get into home or in their lunch hour or whatever. So very encouraging just seeing that participation and um, just, and I encourage you to continue with listening. And, um, but, and, and of course, people were sharing words that they received and some people who were not technologically minded or some people who didn't have Facebook accounts sent in some words through email and I received some of them through the week. And one of the thing, thing that I, things that I observed about the words that were being shared is they fit maybe things that God seems to have been saying all along but don't seem to stand out as overly significant. But if you were to stop and take one of these words and just think about it and say to yourself, God said this, and then meditate on the word from the perspective of this is the word of God, the longer you think about it, the more meaningful it becomes. So then it enters into that category of like a significant word spoken at a significant time, like in the story that I just told you about that pastor and his children. And um, so it's the case that God's saying things to us all the time a lot of the time we read them in the Bible because that's the clearest way that we hear God's words to us. But sometimes we stop and we listen, we sit in silence and we have thoughts from the Lord and the Lord speaks like that. And most of the time his thoughts can fit into that category of what we think are just regular words. The type of thing, oh, we've heard God say that before. Um, and so we don't do much with it because we've heard it before. And the words that were coming this week were all in that category, but there were a, a whole bunch of them. And I thought to myself, you know, God is actually speaking. He's really speaking, and we should actually pay attention to it. Rather than just saying, oh, wasn't that nice? We had a week of listening prayer, and God said some encouraging things. No, if you take the words that were said, they weren't actually encouraging. They were actually instructions telling us to do something and I'll read a few samples of those in just a minute. But what I want to do is take you to the Bible and read to you from John chapter 5. And in John chapter 5, we've got this story of a man that's sitting next to the pool of Bethesda. And he was there for a long time, uh, 
I, I can't remember how long, it'll be in the story when we read it, but it's like 30 years or something, and he couldn't get healed. Every time the waters would stir, you know, it was kind of like first in, got healed. If you were too slow, then too bad. And um, someone said recently, the worst thing about that story was that no one ever thought of helping that poor guy. And that's true, I never saw it like that before. You know, someone could have had compassion on this man and said, look, I'm gonna hang out with you for a week or two. As Soon as the pool stirs, I'm gonna throw you in. And, you know, you'll be the first one in because someone else took the time to be with him and wait. And um, that, that's what you would call compassion, right? But basically no one thought of doing that, or if they thought of it, they didn't have the, the compassion or the patience to do it. So this man sat there a long time. Let's read from John chapter 5, verses 1 to 15. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. And by the way, they've actually unearthed this pool, Bethesda, and guess what? It's got five covered colonnades. Isn't it amazing how specific and how accurate the Bible is? Verse 3. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, and the paralysed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. That's a long time. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath, the law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow that told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. So there's an interesting story. You can preach lots of sermons about this story. But there are two groups of people in this story. Pharisees is one group. And this man who's disabled, the other man. And Jesus, of course. Now, the Pharisees, in theory, knew God quite well because they studied the scriptures, as hopefully you and I do. They knew the whole Old Testament, they knew the prophets, they knew the Psalms, and yet they didn't recognise the voice of God. Who was God in the story? Jesus. They didn't recognise that Jesus' voice was God's voice, and they thought nothing of it. The man didn't even know who Jesus was, but he did what Jesus said, and was healed. So we've got this funny story where someone obeys the Lord, even without clearly knowing who the Lord was, and receives the benefit of it. We've got other people who know who God is, and yet do not recognize his voice. And um, they say to him, you know, who told you to carry your mat on the Sabbath? 
And um, there's a whole discussion here, and we're going to keep on reading in verse 16. Because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defence, Jesus said to them, My father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. So he's giving them a little dig, because he's talking about working, and it's the Sabbath in discussion. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. The father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. For just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Moreover, the father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the son, that all may honour the son just as they honour the father. Whoever does not honour the son does not honour the father who sent him. All of this is actually a discussion of the story that just happened. Sometimes it's hard to take Jesus' words and connect them with the story. You've really got to think about it. But Jesus is talking about the fact that he only does things that God wants him to do, and he can even raise the dead to life by his words if he wants to. We're going to see that now in the next few verses. He's very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word. Now we're talking about hearing the word of God today, not just assuming we know what God has to say, but actually hearing it. Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life, and you will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Very truly I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear it will live. I'm going to pause there. I'm going to read the rest of the verses, but I want to pause there for a second. This is my key verse for today, verse 25. He said, Very truly I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear it will live. Who are the dead that hear his voice? Well, the dead in the story were all of the people in the story. The Pharisees were dead. They were dead in their sins. They did not recognise that this was the very God that they wanted to serve. The, the disabled man was also dead in his sins. But the disabled man somehow heard the voice of God. Isn't that strange? But the Pharisees did not hear the voice of God. But Jesus is saying that there's a time, and it's even here right now he's saying, when those who, were, those who hear my voice, they might be dead, but they will live and of course in verse 24 the verse before he says that if you believe if you hear his word and believe you will cross from death to life churches are full of people who hear god's voice all the time but they don't always hear it they hear it but they don't always hear it um, but we want to connect with the voice of god in a, a more meaningful way 
And so God, Jesus, all the way through the book, especially the Gospel of John, but all through the four Gospels, Jesus is always saying things that people don't hear. It's, we look back on the disciples and we think they were just a bit dense. But what we've got is four Gospels that explain to us what Jesus was trying to say. The disciples didn't have four Gospels to explain it to them. They just didn't hear it. They, they figured it out as it went along because Jesus explained some things in hindsight, some things they just realised later on. We wouldn't have the Gospels and the explanations if the disciples hadn't actually eventually figured it out or come to realise. But we do the same thing all the time. God speaks to us all the time and we don't hear it. And... Um, We'll read the last six verses. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to also have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. The Son of Man, by the way, doesn't mean he's just a human. That's a reference to Daniel chapter 7. The Son of Man is a reference to someone seated on the throne of heaven. Go and read Daniel chapter 7 and it'll talk about this person with a figure of the Son of Man, seated on the throne of heaven, ruling the nations. Whenever Jesus calls himself the Son of Man, he's saying, I'm God. It's not, he's not saying, I'm a human, like what you might have first thought. So he's saying that this Son of Man, which he's saying is himself, has authority to judge, which he does. Verse 28, do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. So he's saying that there's a time when everyone will hear his voice. Everyone in the grave will hear his voice. But people are already in the grave. That's the other type of dead. You know when the Bible talks about dead, it's often talking about lots of different types of things. Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, God said to them, on the day you sin, you will die. Well, that was one type of death. But there's another type of death where you're physically dead, you're in the grave, and it says here in verse... 29, verse 28, that all who are in the graves will hear his voice. There's a time coming when every single human being, dead in the body, will hear his voice and they will come out, verse 29. Those who have done what is good will rise to live and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. By myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear and my judgment is just for I seek not to please myself but him who sent me. In verse 28, he says, those who are dead in the final day will hear his voice and then there'll be a judgment, a judgment of good and evil, right and wrong. But before that, in verse 25, he says, those who are dead, if they hear my voice, they will live. He's not talking about the people who are dead in the grave at that point. He's talking in people who are living right now, but dead in their hearts or dead in their spirits those people, if they hear his voice, will live now. Two different types of dead going on in this chapter, two different types of life going on in this chapter. And what Jesus is saying is that there are people who, if they hear his voice, life will be in them. And we have the story. All of this is in the context of the story. We have the Pharisees who God is speaking to them but they did not hear his voice, even though they knew the Bible so well. They knew the Old Testament better than you will ever know the Old Testament. And yet, they did not recognise God's voice. 
They didn't think Jesus was God, for, for starters. But the fact is, the voice of God was speaking to them and they did not hear it. Then there's that man by the pool, didn't even know that Jesus was God, and yet when he heard the voice, take up your mat and walk, he just did what the voice said and was healed. I thought all of this is very interesting. And so we've had this week of listening prayer. We've had the voice of God speaking to us. But a lot of the time, I think, as Christians, we hear God's voice, but because we've heard it before, we just say, we, we put it into the category of, oh, I know that, when we actually don't know that. Um, or we think it's for someone else, so therefore we ignore it because it's not for us, when it is for us. So we sometimes assume we know what it means when we don't. Sometimes we just misunderstand. Sometimes we think it's for someone else. There are lots of reasons. Sometimes we're just hard-hearted. This week a bunch of words came in. I'm just going to summarise a few of them. The first one that we got was actually in listening. We did some listening in prayer in church council on Tuesday night. Um, Graham handed in a word, and when he said the word, the whole room went silent. Uh, um, I don't know why the whole room went silent. I don't know whether everyone was waiting for me to make a comment, but I didn't know what to say because I thought it's one of those words. Like when I read it, you would just think, oh, yeah, that's a God type of a word. This is what the word was. Return to my word, write it on your heart. It just sounds like a thing you'd hear in Sunday school. So the type of thing like, oh, yeah, yeah, write it on your heart. Write my word on your heart. Oh, yeah, just do that. It sounds like the type of thing that you would just accept as, yeah, that's a Christian thing. God would say that for sure. That's him. Yep. Even if Graham didn't hear God, well, it's a safe thing to say because God would definitely say something like that. You could very easily just ignore it. But when I heard it, I thought, the only reason God would want to say something like that is if we didn't have his word written on our heart. And if we weren't really paying attention to his word. So at the time, I didn't know what to say because I thought, I just want to, I want to think about it a bit more because we think we're just so walking with the Lord. We think we're just so up to date with God and yet what he's saying is, return to my word. Write it on your heart. So when you actually listen to the words that are being said and think about them, you realise God's asking us to do something you might already think you're doing, but maybe you're not. Um, and the other words were similar. Some of the other ones that have been coming in, a word here that came was watch and pray. That comes from the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus said it to his disciples, you know, watch and pray. Could you not... Pray with me one hour. Jonathan actually shared it in communion this morning. I didn't even know he was going to say it. But that was one of the words that came this week. And you might think, oh yeah, watch and pray. It's a Christian thing to do. Same thing. It's not a promise. It's not an encouragement. It's an instruction. Another word we got was, it seems like the Lord is saying that we need to go back to the beginning. That was another word. And another one, you have heard it said in out with you have heard it said out with the old and in with the new, but I say to you, out with the new and in with the old. So all all these words are similar because they're all like saying, 
Go back to basic stuff. Paying attention to God's words. And so I realised that listening, as I thought about all these words, I realised that there's more than one type of listening. You know, you can be in a week of listening prayer where you're sitting still, and in a sense, because you're quiet, you're listening. But listening isn't just that. Listening is also paying attention to the things that are being said. So the Lord calls you to say, for example, a life of prayer. The Lord calls you to, like, be concerned for the well-being of your neighbours in your street, to pray for them. The Lord has called you to no doubt lots of things, but listening is paying attention to those things. And so I guess I could summarise all these words by saying we need to take the, the, the word of the Lord with more seriousness because the Lord says things. We don't assume we know what it means, but we contemplate it, take it to heart, ask what is it that he's wanting of us, and then endeavour to do it. So that's the second type of listening. One type of listening is just silence. Does he have something to say to me? Or maybe it's reading your Bible. Does he have something to say to me in your Bible? But the second type of listening would be to say, all right, now, Lord, I want to do what you're asking of me. So it's an application. And um, there's been a few times in my life when my wife and I have been talking and she said to me, you're not listening to me. I'm sure you've all had discussions with your husband or your wife or other people, your boss. You're listening to them because you're hearing words, but you're not hearing what they're actually saying. Or maybe you've heard what they've actually said, but you haven't done anything about it. So it's classed as not listening. So when the Lord says, return to my word, I think it's the second type of listening he's talking about. You know, the, the contemplation and the doing something. For each one of you, there'll be things the Lord's called you to in your life. Are you doing them? Are you doing the things the Lord's called you to do? Um, and as a church, are we doing what the Lord's called us to do? To shine our light, to love our neighbours, to pray for the lost, to pray for the, the unity of the body of Christ. You know, are we doing these things? Are we partners with Jesus in his work? Well, these are not just Sunday morning questions. We go home and have lunch and say that was a nice sermon and then forget about it all because, you know, now we're getting on with our life. No, it's not just a Sunday morning thing. This is a life thing. So we need to ask how do we apply this to our lives so that we're living the way God wants us to live? I'm going to ask the band to come back. The question that I'm putting to you is something for you to contemplate. And um, we're going to sing a final song. I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to ask you to take that question home with you today. I'm going to ask you to contemplate that question this afternoon and this evening. And I'm going to ask you to make a choice throughout the day about what it means for you, what God's wanting you to do about it, and to make a decision to do something about that. Lord, we're so grateful for the word of the Lord. Thank you for this story about the man at the Pool of Bethesda. And Lord, our prayer is that we would be the man that took up our mat, took up his mat and walked, that though we don't always recognise your voice, that we might be people who follow your voice. Lord, keep us from the sins of the Pharisees who 
knew their Bible so well and yet did not hear the voice of the Lord. Our prayer would be that we're listening people and we're also a hearing and an obedient people. I ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would be given to us, that we might walk in grace. Lord, we're mindful of what you said, that um, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Father, we know that we cannot serve you in our own strength, so we ask for the help of the Holy Spirit. So, Father, forgive us our sins and let grace be given to us today. Bless your people. Help us to walk in the light of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.